RH y'all today. We got a we got a beautiful day out there today. The last two days have been beautiful. We had a little rain before that. Good to have each of you here this morning. If you're visiting with us today, if you would, you've got a blue connect card in front of you and just fill that out. You can leave it on the uh, leave it on the pew or either uh, turn it into one of the ushers. Also, if you're visiting, you uh, the restrooms are down through the back door, side door, down on the left. And Children's Church will be on down if you want to go, if you want to go in there and see what that's about. But good to have each of you here today. Uh, on Wednesday night at 6.30, the keys to freedom study with Dana Owens in the fellow it'll be in the fellowship hall and we'll be having for the ones that's not involved with that they'll be coming into the sanctuary and uh, brother Carvin Adams will be will be uh, doing that so and also our youth will be meeting upstairs with uh, Connor Stanfield and if you don't know who Connor is, you can come and meet Connor Wednesday night. So, also if you have an offering to turn in, you can turn it in uh, to the church, drop it in, uh, check, put it in the mailbox back in the back, or you can uh, do that online. Uh, next Sunday will be March 27th, Sunday, worship service will be with uh, Pastor Ray Owens. And our Faith Promise Convention is going to be Saturday, April the 9th. And everybody will like this. We're going to have supper for all. So put that date down on uh, April the 9th. That's on a Saturday. Starts at 6 o'clock. And then on Sunday at 10, at Sunday, April the 10th, it'll be 10 a.m. Brother Carvin Evans will be speaking for that. Also, just to let you know that our church sent $500 to our uh, Faith Promise Fund for the churches, uh, churches of God in Ukraine this week. So, uh, thank each of you for your for your donations throughout the year for our faith promise. And uh, Ms. Carolyn, thank you for such a good job that you do on keeping all that uh, together and everything. And uh, we just appreciate each one of you supporting that. Again, good to have you with us today. I'm gonna read a little scripture. This is from Galatians 6 or 5. 22 and then 6 on 7. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against all things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature of the and with the its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Anyone who receives instructions in the Word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us and the privilege and opportunity to come back out to your house to worship this morning, Lord. We just thank you for each one here this morning. We just ask that you to bless our service this morning, Lord. Thank you for the love that you have for each of us and just help us, Lord, to share your love like you love us. And thank you again for making it possible for us to be out to your house today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Watching everyone meandering in the room, everyone was so excited and visiting with everyone. So I know when you stand and we sing this song that we all know so well, it's just going to rumble through this room. Worthy is the Lamb.
able to stand. Let's join together another that we've loved through the years. Jesus Messiah. Beautiful song. Messiah, Lord of all. His body 
Christ Messiah, name of the Children, it's your time, dear. Partners in Mission video now uh, from uh, Brother Carvin. So.
as you can see, these are just not, just not anywhere over. That Carvin, this was where he actually goes and works with these kids. It's Mimi's or orphanage. If uh, any donations, if you would like to make, you can get with Carvin or get with one of us. And uh, it's got a place you can go online and do it, or you can actually give it to Carvin. And Carvin does have a few more books back here for sale. They were $20 a piece. And that, that money goes toward toward his uh, the mission work through there. So, you know, it's just hard. It's hard for us to understand. We don't live in some places like that. We've got a home we go to every day. We've got running water. We've got electricity. It's hard really for us to understand. But And I hadn't been to the mission field. I hadn't seen that. But Carvin, Carvin goes and he's, he deals with this. And he, he deals with these families and these kids that doesn't have homes. So it's just like over now in Ukraine, all this is going on. It's hard to comprehend what they're going through. You're losing your home. Some of them left, lost their families. Some of them don't know where their their husbands are at now, or their kids. So just just keep just keep this mission work and keep carving in your prayers, and just remember to pray for the the people in Ukraine and in Russia. All those are God's people, just like we are. They've got souls just like we do. God loves them. And I don't understand why people even here has to go through different things. But but they do. So just pray for them. On our prayers uh, list, Matthew and Nicole Hunt, I think everybody knows that uh, they were voted in and they accepted. So we were glad for that. Thank the Lord. And they'll be coming sometime in June, maybe last of May. Just pray for them because they're having to get their home ready for sale. Then they're having to come here and find a home. So anyone that's moved understands how that is, especially if you've moved from one town to another one. Uh, Sandy Adams, just keep her in your prayers. Jerry Crane, I think Jerry's doing well better and uh, Bob Montgomery as most of you uh, may know Miss uh, Geraldine Duchesne is going to be moving pretty soon to Atlanta that's over in Georgia so yeah there are Atlanta Texas but this is Atlanta Georgia hey when I was really young I wasn't I grew up, we were probably less than two hours from Atlanta, and I was young, working, and uh, I traveled to Atlanta. I thought, man, that's a big city then. And that's been 40, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I'm getting older, too. Yeah. Anyway, remember our Faith Promise Convention? Uh, Again, those dates is April the 9th and the 10th.
be praying for that. Our, y, our IYC convention, our children and the youth, those traveling, the missionaries, just remember them and the situation throughout, not only Ukraine and Russia, but the situation throughout our world, even our state that we're in. So, but we're glad to have each of you today. And if you are visiting, please come back and visit us and see us. So, Brother Ray, I'm going to let you come up and say a prayer if you don't mind. I'll just use this mic. Let's pray together. Bow with me. Father, we rejoice uh, exceedingly because you have paid it all. Uh, you sent your son. You, you, Lord, you gave us a way to uh, be restored to you. And God, you are alive today and you continue to touch today. And you, we have seen your work, Lord, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, Father, just last week in our unity here at, at our church at Cypress Street, Lord, how you moved. And how you moved upon a couple that live a thousand miles away to move their family to be here. And Lord, how there's excitement and anticipation. And only you can do that. And we thank you for that, God. I thank you for each person that's here this morning, Father, for what they bring into the sanctuary. And Father, today we cast all our cares on you. You just heard this list, Lord, very significant physical needs. Lord, Sister Geraldine, as she moves, Father, um, goodness the world just heard a little while ago a shooting just up in arkansas father so many things going on we do not live in a world that is ruled by you we are fallen people but praise be to god we can we can trust in you we put our hope in you so god we cast all these cares we cast this praise to you this morning all our needs all our burdens our heart we run to you, God. Now, Father, I pray that you would help me share this message despite any physical challenges or anything that, Father, I have. May the words that I share be what you laid on my heart and may it anoint us, may it challenge us, may it speak to us. Now, God, we give you permission to move in our lives. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I'm going to try this one now so you can swap because I'm I hear we're not live on Facebook so I'm going to get to move around a little bit I don't know I might move this I guess I'm not supposed to do this but I might whack it the way I'm going to move around I don't know I, I, I appreciate you uh, asking me to pray I actually would plan on praying and, and uh, offering a prayer of praise some of you might have got my text message the problem with those text messages and a pastor who's used to writing 10-page sermons is um, text message on flock notes real small. And that's not good enough for me. So I, I want to get it all out. But I think sometimes, at least in my life as a pastor, I've been given burdens, sometimes called late at night. And hey, we're at St. Francis Emergency Room with and the child's name. And Dana and I will go in you know, we might be right in the middle of Star Trek or, you know, Star Wars or whatever it is. We'll put it on pause. We'll go and we'll pray. We pray. And then, you know, you get going and you pray the next day. 
and then two days later you hadn't heard anything and you'll call people and you go, whatever. Oh, it was wonderful. She got touched and she went home. Well, being human, I want to slap them in the name of Jesus for not letting me know, okay? I'm just being honest, okay? And this won't go out for about another hour, so uh, uh, they won't hear that. But but I feel like sometimes we're that way with God. We, we go to Him, but we don't praise Him when He answers pray, prayer. And I want to tell you what God has done in this church uh, and what He's done through this whole weekend um, is a miracle. And it's amazing. And I want to tell you as a pastor, I am so very proud of you. So very proud of you. I really am. So I wanted to share that. Also, Dana told me to tell you she's excited about the class. Now, some people maybe think that I twisted her arm to do this class because, you know, she does them uh, a couple a year and one for Mercy, maybe one for some churches. Uh, and, uh, and yes, I did ask her, but she said, you make sure to tell them I'm praying for them and I'm excited about the class. So she has the 15 names and phone numbers she'll probably be texting, the books are in, so she's excited. And as you heard, they'll meet down there. And then Brother Carvin's going to speak in here. We're going to get started right on time because there's a lot to cover uh, with that. And then uh, we were able to... Uh, get with someone in little Connor Stanfield, 20-year-old student at ULM, son of a pastor, uh, is agreed to take Wednesday night uh, youth, and uh, we'll see kind of how that goes, and we appreciate that. that. There's some folks in this church that need a break, um, and, and we're excited. I think that'll be good as well. So there's a lot of exciting things going on uh, as well. So I just wanted to thank you and, and let you know that. Today, you have your outline on the back of your bulletin. And so there it is for you. And it, it, it's a lot to cover. I told my buddy this morning that, whew, I got a lot to cover in a short time to get there. Um, our awesome Bible is full of so many stories. And last week, I started a little series that if the Lord continues... It's called Meet the Cast. And we're talking about all, many of the characters, if not most of them, uh, through Easter and because of the missions convention and the way the calendar's running, maybe even a few weeks after Easter, we're going to meet the cast of the greatest story ever told. I think you've got to admit there's two amazing stories that are told. One is the birth of Jesus, obviously, um, and all that's involved, and we celebrate that in the most joyous time of the year. But the second is obviously the passion of Christ and what all that means. And so today we're going to continue that. And I think sometimes in the Bible we put people on pedestals. I know I did growing up. Um, I, I have a little Bible I have for my grandson, and we, it has pictures on it. And we read it, and you know, Moses looks so giant, and you know how amazing, and, and Goliath is a giant, and you know, all that stuff. But here's what I want to tell you I believe with all my heart the people in the Bible pretty much are just like you and I. They got a lot of faults. If you really study it and you research it, they have a lot of faults. They have a lot of struggles. They're just like us. But they served a big God and they had faith. And so even the bad guys sometimes we can relate to. So I pray today that the Holy Spirit would allow us to see ourselves in these characters. Last week we had two characters. Remember Judas? And we don't even name our dogs Judas. Or maybe you do, that bless your heart. But Judas and the other one would be Peter. 
You know, it's, it's like I've never met a dog named Judas. I've never met a dog named Nero or Hitler or something like Osama bin Laden. If you do that, you probably have some issues and you're telling the world that. But we talked about Peter and we talked about, um, in addition to Peter, we talked about Judas and they both failed and they failed miserably. They both betrayed him. In fact, the whole crew did because they're sitting up there wimping out. At least, you know, these were public figures and what they did. But what was the difference? It's how they handled failure. That was last week. Today, we're going to talk about Barabbas. Matthew 27, verses 15 through 26. And on your outline, I have some of that, the key verses there for you. But I'm going to read the whole thing. Now it was the governor's custom to release one prisoner to the crowd each year during the Passover celebration. Do y'all remember the Passover is when uh, they were in Egypt and God told them to put a, a blood cross on their door and the angel of death passed over and the firstborn was not killed. But all the Egyptians or unbelievers or people that didn't, guess what happened? They lost their firstborn. So this is a celebration every year. Anyone they wanted was released. This year there was a notorious criminal. How many of you are notorious for being a criminal? He wasn't just a regular criminal, he was a notorious criminal. I, I remember one version said a notorious sinner. And I know people that are notorious sinners. Notorious criminal in prison by the name Barabbas. As the crowd gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well the Jewish leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. I like his wife, by the way. And I will just tell you, as a guy that has a wife that sends me messages sometimes, or gives me looks sometimes. God gave me Dana Brooks Owens, I'm telling you. And this is what his wife said. Leave that innocent man alone because I had a terrible nightmare about him last night. Verse 20. Meanwhile, the leading priest and the other leaders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So when the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release? The crowd then shouted back their reply, Barabbas. But if I release Barabbas, Pilate asked him, what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? What crime has he committed? And they all shouted, crucify him. And then Pilate, again, why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the crowd only roared louder, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hand before the crowd saying, I am innocent of the blood of this man. The responsibility is yours. I want to stop here and tell you, washing your hands does not make you innocent. But the second part here is very powerful. And all the people yell back, we will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. I can't read that without going, wow. 
So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. What a powerful story. This story is one of the greatest stories ever told. But here's what I want to tell you. It's not because there's lots of great stories. It's because this story is your story and it's my story. And I want to tell you when we think about Barabbas, Barabbas' story is our story. At that moment in time, Barabbas was not standing there representing himself in this whole drama that's taking place that God's a part of. He was representing, or at least a likeness of, every single person that's ever been born and will live. How in the world is the story, Barabbas' story, our story? I'm glad you asked, so I went ahead and put that. How is the story of Barabbas' your story too? See, I have the gift to know what you were asking. Number one, we are all guilty and deserving of death. Now, most of the time when you preach a sermon, you don't want to start with that. You know, how many of you would love to come? To, let's come to church this morning and hear how we're all guilty and deserving of death. Although I will tell you, every now and then we need a hellfire and brimstone story because hell is true. It's real. You know, it's real. But y'all know me. I'm full of love and God has given me love. And how will men know that you're my disciples by your love? And I thought about that last week. I was talking about if we're over here on this side and we think we're holy and self-righteous and we view life through that way, we're really messed up bad. In fact, according to Jesus, we're super messed up. And what we need to pray for is that we can show love to other people. Remember we talked about that a few Wednesday nights ago. God help me show love to other people. So even in the midst of this tough story, I pray love comes forth and you sense God's love. And you don't let Satan throw that negativity in there. But the fact is we are all guilty. How many of you know you're guilty? I know I'm guilty. Hey, great, I'm impressed. How many of you have tried to deny you're guilty? I've done that before. When you were growing up, your parents, you know, would walk in a room, you know you're guilty, and somehow another mothers especially knew you were guilty and you were really good at faking it, you thought. But they just knew you're guilty. It's just something about it, you know. Uh, maybe when you're married, you know. <laughs> You know, they, they know you're guilty. They just figured it out. I love those Cheeto commercials where, you know, they're eating the Cheetos. and Where are they gone? They're gone. No, I don't know. But if you've been in the Cheetos, what do you have? Evidence of your crime. I'm telling you, you, you can wash that stuff. It's, it's come. I mean, that's why Cheetos are awesome. And they taste good, too. <laughs> Now this is a kind of controversial story, y'all. I'm going to trust you with this. But there was a mother whose son went off to college and then graduate school. Then he got a big a job in the big city because the kids all want to go to the big city. And he wrote back to his mom and was telling her his new address. He'd rented a home in the big city. Everything was good. And he said, look, it's psycho, very expensive here, so I've got a roommate. And by the way, she's a female, but nothing's going on. <laughs> talk about mother. You know, just a little bit of alert. And nothing's going on. So Bob decided to visit. How many of you would have wanted to visit? So you, she decided to visit. And um, she wanted to meet the roommate and all that sort. 
So they went there, they ate supper uh, and everything. And uh, after the supper, a couple days later, um, the roommate, who was drop dead gorgeous and everything, came to her roommate, her son, and said, Hey, I don't want to accuse your mom of anything, but you know, I had a special silver ladle. And it's missing since your mom, you know, I noticed she was using it and we had it with the gravy and stuff and it's missing. And I, I just don't know, I, I hate to accuse her of anything. And he goes, well, I know my mom's not a kleptomaniac. She's never stolen anything before. I don't know what, what to do. So he wrote mom this letter and, he, and, and here's what he said. He said, dear mom, I'm not saying you took the ladle. I'm not saying it's stolen or anything, but... Ever since you were here the other evening, it's and we had supper with you, it's missing. Any ideas? Dear son. Mom writes back. Dear son, I'm not saying you and your roommate have anything going on. I'm not saying you are or are you're not. All I know is this. If she'd been sleeping in her own bed, she would have found the ladle now underneath the covers. <laughs> My response to that is busted. <laughs> busted. Woo, nothing like a mom. Man. Well, <laughs> amen. Well, many of you and I are like that son. We say one thing, but maybe we're guilty. The Bible says we're all guilty. There is none righteous, no, not one. I'm talking in and of ourselves. There is none righteous, no, not one. And so our text states that Barabbas was a notorious criminal in prison. There was no doubt about his gift, by the way, guilt. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. His guilt was well established. And you know what? We need to realize our guilt without Jesus Christ is well established. Notice our scriptures there, text. Romans 5, 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. Now, I want to ask you something. If you're going, I'm not guilty, then you're not human. The entire human race. Doesn't matter what country, Ukraine, Russia, Mexico, doesn't matter. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, and that's us, everyone, for everyone's sin. Romans 5, 12, NLT. Y'all all know Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what are the wages? 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. So we're guilty. And we therefore share the same story that Barabbas did. He's guilty. He's about to be executed. Barabbas deserved death. And honestly, we deserve death. And I'm not trying to get crazy. I'm just trying to tell you that's what the Word of God says. So now let's go to number two. We don't have the ability to pay for our own freedom. So the first parallel with Barabbas is we're guilty and we're deserving of death. The second is we don't have the ability to pay for our own freedom. Barabbas was not, on, not the only one guilty, but he was standing there and there's no way for him to get out of the death sentence. And I want to tell you something chilling this morning I shared with somebody. Do you know why Jesus was able to go immediately to the cross? Think about it. There were several people on trial, three actually, that got the death penalty. Barabbas' cross was already prepared. 
That was Barabbas' cross, and that was your cross and my cross. There's no way for Barabbas to get out of execution. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, I love the NLT. It makes it very powerful. It said, God saved you by his special favor. That means grace. When you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not reward for the good things you have done. So none of us can boast about it. Guys, I'm here to tell you, you can be a fourth generation Church of God preacher. You can be from the greatest family. You could have all these things that you've done, education, whatever, pastored for 50 years, done all these amazing things or whatever. You can be an apostle. You can be anything, but it doesn't get you to heaven. It doesn't. It might make you a better person, but it doesn't get you to heaven. And I'll tell you, that's why I was talking about love. You know, how will they know your disciples? By your love and the greatest commandments of love. When you get saved and God does a transformation in your life, you are then able to love unloveliness. God imputes that in you. It's like an evidence of that salvation. Some of us have done some good things in our life. And I bet you many of you here have done some amazing things. I know some people that have saved lives. I'll talk about that later. Done amazing things. But there is a problem with that. No amount of good that I do will pay that debt. Good is good. Don't get me wrong. Do good. Let God use you to do good. Let God allow you to love unlovely people. Let God allow you to love loving people. Love everybody, you know. And, and that, absolutely, let good things happen. But that doesn't get you into heaven. That's what I'm trying to say. God is making a provision, a way where there is no way. There's no way. Barabbas is going to have to pay. And there's no way he can be set free. But suddenly a provision is made for him. Somebody had to pay the price for his crime. And they were going to have an execution that day. Did you notice that? They've already got the cross ready. They're going to have one. And we all know Jesus paid it. He stood in the gap and paid the price that day. There's a story of a famous person, and actually I've just kind of started studying a little bit about him. He's a mayor, three-term mayor from New York City. He's voted as the, probably the best mayor of all times. His name is F-I-R-E-L-L-O LaGuardia. I'm not sure how to... I had it earlier. 1934 to 1945, he was mayor. He served in Congress. He served after the war and the relief effort, all these kind of things. Um, at times, he wore a big sombrero. He was a very short guy. Uh, pretty neat stories if you want to study him. Um, and uh, one night, he was holding night court. And that night, he was presiding night court. And... Um, there was a writer there and a man was brought before him who was out of work, down on his luck, and the man had stolen a loaf of bread. The man admitted, yes, I stole the loaf of bread. I didn't do that. I stole the bread to feed my family. Mayor LaGuardia pounded the gavel and said, guilty as charged. I fine you $10. Well, what's the problem with that? 
he don't have ten dollars you know yeah he, he don't have no problem at all he doesn't have it and so at that point mayor Lagardia opened his wallet and paid the ten dollar fine to the clerk the mayor then pounded the gavel again and said, I fine everybody in this courtroom 50 cents for living in a city where a man has to steal bread to feed his family. And he, they collected $47.50. So he left a rich man. <laughs> now what did Mayor LaGuardia do? What did he do? What did he give to that man? He gave him grace. He was guilty, but he gave him grace. He did not pretend that he didn't steal the bread. We can't pretend that we're not sinners in our nature and, and every human being from Adam's fall. The man did not have the money. The mayor paid it for him. And that's what I'm telling you. Jesus paid it all for us. Amen. Jesus Christ paid the price for our freedom. Number three. Our freedom is a product of a chosen sacrifice. I felt I needed to stress this because some people might not understand that. Our freedom is a product of a chosen sacrifice. Jesus was not some random victim in a crowd waiting to go to jail. And he wasn't a random victim that was just picked to take the place of Barabbas. Jesus' choice was to take the place of Barabbas. And I think sometimes we don't realize that. I want to, you to think about that. Jesus volunteered to do the job. And you say, well, how is that? How many of you know that when Peter cut off the ear when they were coming to, uh, to arrest him, he picked the ear up and put the ear back on? By the way, I've often thought about that guard. How in the world would you ever be the same? Man. But I think Jesus, I've known people that have rejected Jesus and he has put the ear back on them. He has healed them. He's done a lot of things for them, but this one incident at the end, they're all mad about and they reject him. That's why I say run to God, run to God, run to God. In fact, when you feel least like running to him, run to God. Well, guess what Jesus at that point said, Peter, buddy. Did you not know I could call 10,000 angels? I'm doing this of my own free choice. Well, that was one time, Pastor Ray. Did he really mean that? Look on your outline, maybe the next one. Jesus is saying the world needs a Savior, and I'm it in John 10, 18. No one can take my life from me. I lay it down my life voluntarily. For I have the right to lay it down when I want to and the power to take it back again. Jesus wasn't a victim. He signed up willingly for the job. His father had asked him to do that. In fact, that's why he was born. To pay the price. And yes, it was tough. He sweat. There's an emotional condition. Maybe one day we'll talk about that. Hemohydriasis where you actually are so emotionally Upset, you, your sweat turns to blood. And that's what Jesus. So yes, it was a battle. And if you think you and I battle some tough things, and maybe we have, none of us have battled with principalities and powers like Jesus did. And there in that garden. And we couldn't even stay awake from it for him. You know, we kept falling asleep. Think about that. 
Would you, I want to ask you a really tough question. Would you die for you? Would you die for you? You know, we've all heard stories of people giving their life for their child, for a friend, for their family. I recently heard where there was these people love to go crazy and drive their cars into a crowd and a father reached over and jumped and pushed his daughter away and several others and he was uh, was killed you know terrible situation and I thought about that I would do that for Brooke I would do that for my daughter um, and I thought about well what if the girl wasn't my daughter would I do that I hope I would do that what if it was a gang member well what if it was a convicted killer what if it was Barabbas a revolutionary what if it was Osama bin Laden? And I'm going to get personal today. What if it was Vladimir Putin and the car is headed to him? I don't want to answer that question right now. Well, Paul tells us in Romans 5, every once in a while somebody would be willing to die from somebody they love, which is what I was saying. But God laid down his life because he loved us when we were guilty or condemned. So pick on me. God didn't die for Pastor Ray. God died for me when I was condemned and a smart aleck teenager piece of junk. Do you follow what I'm saying? And, and I could go further than that. You know, in my lowest moment, Jesus died for me. Wow, that's powerful. That makes it a little different. We cannot fully understand God's love. You know, for God to love the world. He, there's actually a scripture, I think it's Ephesians 3.19 or something like that, where it literally says this. I have it on the refrigerator at my hunting camp. I want, Paul's saying, I want you to understand God's love for you but you really fully can't ever understand it. But try. I'm paraphrasing it. God's love is so amazing. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. Jesus had time to think about this, y'all. <laughs> I guarantee you I couldn't have done it. When those people were crying that out and said, yes, let the crime be on all of us, I would have, and here's the thing, when he opened his eyes, what did he see? Jesus saw beings, angels, I don't want to bust anybody's bubble, but angels are not little cupids. Every, read it, read the Bible. Every time an angel shows up, they are beings that are so terrifying and on fire when they show up in their real form. They're on fire that the first thing out of their mouth is fear not because they will knock you to your knees. And imagine a whole army of tens of thousands of them going, oh Jesus just tell us I'm ready to smoke those people. And I think angels would like that right then. I know I would have if I'd been an angel. But he, he, he didn't see that. He saw you and I. And the Bible says not just us, but even our children, every generation. And he had so much love for us, so much love for us, even though that was so tempting to do. He said no. He had time to think about it. He spent hours praying about it. He, he and the Father had become one. And don't think he didn't have the authority. The Bible says 
all authority has been given to me. In fact, I told you it's so good that he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he had just said, come forth, guess what would have happened? Every person that had ever died in the ocean or on the ground or the sea or anywhere would have come forth. And we would have had a population problem. Real quick. Wow. From the foundation of the world. But they're murderers. I'll die for them. But they're child molesters. That's about as sick as it gets. They'll die for them. I'll die for them. I don't fully understand that. You don't fully understand that. And I base that on the Word of God. We'll never fully understand that. There are some things on this side of glory we don't fully understand. But it's a good fully not understand thing. And does that make sense? It's good that we don't have the capability to fully understand how much God loves you and I. There is no one that can walk out of that door that has ser seriously thought about today and experienced this, this message and this communion that can walk out of there and go, I'm not worthy. You humanly know you're not, just like I'm a snotty-nosed kid or a terrible person or whatever, or, or even as a pastor I fail, or whatever it is, that part. But the fact that Jesus Christ loves you so much and me so much to pay that price, we are, we got to walk out having God esteem. If God loves us, he's not going to waste time, is he? He's not going to waste time on failures. He believes in you. He believes in me. And there's days I need to know that Jesus believes in me. I love to get up and go, oh, especially now I get up and I step out of bed and he goes, you know, I don't know why God didn't give us grease zerks, you know, or something. And the other day I threw a baseball or a football to my grandson and it's still sore, y'all. Man, about four or five joints, you know, good pressure grease would, boy, that'd free that thing up. You know, God loves us so much and he willingly paid the price and took your place. That ought to excite you. Number four. We get the chance to start over. We know that now scholars tell us Barabbas was a few minutes away from crucifixion and that was his cross. By the way, there's this group, oh maybe about 10 years ago or more, PFR, I think that stands for Pray for Rain, but it's one of those modern groups. And they had a song called My Cross and it really is about this. Can you imagine what it was like for Barabbas? He's fixing to be executed and then the people holler out for him and Pilate lets them take Jesus off to his cross. He might have heard the nails. He might have, it really isn't that far from where the trial took place to where it is on that road to Damascus where Jesus is along the road there. I've been there, I've seen it. It's really not that far. Do you know what it's like to start over? Sure, you do. I pray you do. If you've experienced the grace that Jesus gives, you know what it's like to start over. I have a scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is what it, this, 
What this means is, those who become Christians become what? New persons. We get a do-over. We get a start-over. They're not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. So I told you it's going to end well. This, this is awesome. This is good. This is amazing. I wonder, has anybody here ever been dirty or stinky? Sure. I hope not right at this moment. Keep your arms down. Keep your arms down. Do not raise your... <laughs> Man, I have a hobby of land management and deer, deer management and stuff. So I've got a tractor that I love dearly and it's specially designed. And you'll be out there, of course, as I got older now, I have a mask on, I have goggles on, have a hat on. You know, Darth Vader, you know, kind of thing. And I've literally come in, and when I pull my mask off, I'm white. I'm, I'm, I would get credit for being anything but that till I pull my mask off. I mean, you know, just so dirty. And you come in. And how many of you know when you go in the shower and you get cleaned up and you step out, it feels good? I love taking that towel and just, you know, it feels so good to be clean. Well, that's just a minor thing. In fact, I think that's one of the things baptism is, spiritually speaking. Is that we come up, it's representing, we come up and we go down in the water. We're, we, Ray Owens in your name, are, are buried, you know, just like a burial. And we come up and all things are new spiritually. You follow what I'm saying? It, it's a cleansing, you know. It's, I, I asked people to take baths before baptism so it's not a literal you know washing uh, or whatever but I'm here to tell you that's what I'm talking about it, it's it's amazing and I have a scripture I think Romans 6 there yes and it says for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father now we also may live new lives so Jesus was thinking when he's going through all that, there's going to be a new covenant. There's going to be a new life. There's going to be new power. And the Holy Spirit, my spirit, God's spirit will come and dwell with them. In 1830, George Wilson, this is very important, robbed the U.S. mail and threatened the life of the carrier. He was sentenced to hang President, President Andrew Jackson who's on your $20 bill, issued him a pardon. George Wilson declined the pardon. Well, the Supreme Court voted unanimous with Chief Justice Marshall that basically a pardon is not a pardon unless it's accepted. Boy, does that parallel something? Jesus and God Almighty has issued a pardon to every person, but they must accept it. So the Supreme Court ruled a pardon is only an invitation. It has to be accepted, and I think that might be on your outline there. That doesn't have to be my story or your story, and I pray it isn't. 1 John 1, 8 
says, if we say we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and refusing to accept the truth. I love this. I got in trouble one time in a sermon for saying, I love buts. I do love them in the Word of God. Because <laughs> we're nuked, however, maybe is an easier way to say it. And I love this particular but. But if we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to accept that pardon. And today I believe most all of you in this room have accepted, if not all, have accepted that. So Barabbas' story is our story where Jesus takes our place. Our story doesn't need to be George Wilson's story where we don't accept the pardon. And there's too many people today that aren't accepting the pardon. Not accepting the free gift. Undeserved in George Wilson's case. Undeserved in Barabbas' case. Undeserved in Ray Owens' case. So today we're extended grace to allow Jesus Christ to stand in the gap for us. So on your outline at the bottom I have we're guilty. We can't pay. We need a Savior. Amen? So do you and I, do we truly appreciate what Jesus did for us? I don't think it's possible to truly at the fullest extent. But I think today when we celebrate communion in a few moments... I think that's what God's saying to me to say to you anyway, is let's thank him. Let's appreciate what Jesus did for us and paid the price. He resisted the humanness that would have called the angels down. He looked by faith to see that we can be restored with him. We can be renewed with him. We can have newness of life with him. We have somebody to call on. And even when we fail, we have an advocate with the Father. And he can even give us the power to love jerks. Jesus gives love, the jerk, power to us. And you'll remember that. Next time you meet a jerk and you just want to slap them, you're going, Jesus can make me love you. <laughs> And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you know a jerk or sitting next to one. Okay. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And, if, and as they do, the ushers are going to pass out. I know it's crazy, these little cups and stuff. But these cups, Brother James has already tried to peel back the top little piece there for you to get the little wafer. And then the second part of the cups is the juice. Just hold on to, don't lift that second part till a few minutes till we're ready, okay? You can get the bread out and set us a bread, card bread, whatever it is, okay? You can get that out. And maybe Lord will bless us and by Easter in about five weeks, we'll do it the old-fashioned way. Uh, but this is uh, approved right now with COVID and everything. As the worship team gets ready to lead us, at the bottom of your outline, I talked about do we really appreciate what Jesus is. It's a time of reflection. It's a time to think about the day God paid your bail. God stood in the place of you and I. We were basically like Barabbas. And God stood in the gap. Jesus paid it all. I want you to bow your heads 
you're, you're welcome to look at the words if you want to. Hopefully you'll know the song, but if not, when you get your elements, after you get your elements there, if you would, just kind of spend a little time in reflection of how much God loves you. And maybe if you don't feel worthy, that's okay for a little while, but really remember, if the Son of God thinks you're worthy, you're worthy. And he, he paid it all even knowing who we were. And so at that moment, I pray in a minute, I'll come back up at the, at the song. We'll make sure everybody gets their cups and we'll celebrate communion together. Thank you. Worship team. Everybody's got a cup. 
We're going to take a moment, time of reflection for this communion. I want to read 1 Corinthians 11, 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when Jesus was betrayed. Our Lord took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance for me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as oft as you drink it. For every time you eat and drink of this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So we remember today the sacrifice the day that Jesus paid our bail. We remember the day that you made a way when there was no way. Amen? Amen. The day you set me free. So as you peel the cup back, there's a real fine top there that if I can get it. If you need help, you can raise your hand and Mike will fix it for you. <laughs> Which I might have to raise my hand to get that little wafer there. We can peel back the other one. Okay, as we're ready, I'm going to say a prayer and bless this. Thank you. Father God, what a gift in Jesus. Jesus, what a sacrifice of love. Holy Spirit, thank you for empowering us with the ability to remember Jesus, we follow your words with the disciples. We are remembering that sacrifice of love. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us, for setting us free, for allowing us to do good, not to try to get to heaven, but because we love you and you empower us to do good. We are now your ambassadors. Wow, sinners condemned to ambassadors and joint heirs with Jesus. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful transformation. So now, Lord, we take this bread as your body and we drink this juice representing your blood of sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You guys want to sing another round with juice in your mouth? Jesus paid it all. Just one verse. Let's stand. I hear the Savior say, Sin has left a crib. 
dismissing right quick I just want to say something about Geraldine we've got a little a card for you and I'm gonna give you a little gift we appreciate what all you Thank you for all the many blessings that are with us today. We ask this in your name.